Here's what's coming up on today's show. Okay, so the longer that we need to keep the house around before the kids are out of the house, the harder and and less practical this becomes. Do you know what will happen to your loved ones when something happens to you? If you don't know the answer or don't like the answer, then this is the show for you. Listen up as we teach you about protecting your family legacy through better estate planning. Our family is here to protect yours. So welcome to the Complete Estate Planning Podcast with attorney Nick Rosenbauer. And here's your host, Ben George. Welcome into Complete Estate Planning. I'm Ben George. He's Nick Rosenbauer, estate planning attorney and owner at Rosenbauer Law Office. Today we're talking about the house. What are you going to do with the house? I'll, I'll clean it up. What the heck are you going to do with your house, Nick? That's what we're talking about today. Well, and, and we'll go through this in, in more detail, but you know, it's not exactly something that is easily uh, divided up or split. Um, it's funny. Uh, years ago, I always used to talk about selling the house being the biggest problem. And what if it sits on the market for six months, a year, two years, five years? Although right now, you know, I, I at least around here, you know, house is still just about sold the day you put pictures on Zillow. Um, so yeah. that hasn't been an issue. But, you know, we'll, we'll still talk to it. It's not as easy as just uh, getting money out of a checking account and giving each person, you know, their their piece of the pie. So there's a, uh, you know, may need to be handled with care uh, depending on the situation. Yeah. So every, every inheritance plan is going to have a bunch of different assets and some of them are easy to split up with the house obviously being one of the more difficult and it's got an emotional attachment to it too that uh, has a lot of value to to people as well. So let's talk through some different scenarios today in which, you know, you, you and some options too in which you can do at the house as you're going through this with people, Nick. Um, I want to remind you too, if you haven't, visit CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. It's uh, Nick's website. You can schedule a call. There's a big orange button right there on the front. Just click that. Get on Nick's calendar, um, plus a lot of great resources as well. Make sure you sign up for the estate planning newsletter that Nick has uh, as well. So a lot of great stuff there on the website, CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. All right, everything else good, Nick, uh, before we jump into this? Yeah, we're doing good for those. I don't I don't know exactly when it posts, but we're uh, the week before Christmas. Uh, we are uh, brought, we're recording this right now. And um, as many of you know, we just moved into a new office last month, which you know, as far as moves go, uh, it actually went pretty well. Obviously, you don't set the bar high for a move. Um, nothing too expensive uh, was lost or broken during the move. Um, and most of the furniture came, uh, like the stuff we had to order in stock. Uh, I'll tell you, the biggest problem, Ben, has been all the utilities that I switched over, and they didn't put them on auto pay. Um, like we, <laughs> we all, this sounds pathetic. Um, but, um, you know, the internet, um, at our new place, I got a shutoff notice, uh, last week saying we were two months behind. And I said, I, I haven't written a check to spectrum in five years. And we just put it on auto pay. Cause obviously we're going to pay it every month, but apparently you had to set up auto pay for the new uh, office. You can't just like, they didn't just transfer everything over. So mm -hmm. we came like four days away from not having internet. Um, but we, we made it work and I got auto pay. Um, nice. so now we're just <laughs> trying to get it decorated, trying to get blinds, um, learning how expensive blinds are. Um, we got to get the windows fixed. Uh, they're going to be doing some painting 
uh, finishing up over Christmas break here. Um, so we're we're functional, uh, but it's not pretty yet. Um, but uh, hopefully we'll be in good shape soon. So right now, um, I've actually been dealing with contractors and dust all day. So I'm uh, I'm really glad to be you know doing this type of work instead of you know having to pick out designs and, and mm-hmm. colors of things that I'm no good at. So right. This <laughs> well, is uh, this is this is great to be doing this instead of asking what color. Uh, and what style blind we want, because I don't know. I'm just afraid I'm going to get something ugly, and then I'm going to get yelled at um, by my staff or my wife for making the wrong pick. <laughs> what were you thinking, Nick? Uh, I yeah. wasn't. Yeah. I just <laughs> – that's the answer. <laughs> I'm glad you're getting settled in. Uh, again, congratulations on that move. I know it's a, it's a lot of work, but it's all worth it once uh, once everything's in place. We're getting there slowly but surely. We're we're operational, so I, I can't complain. Good. All right, let's jump into our show today and talk about what we should do with our house. Again, we're talking through some different scenarios and options you might have on how to handle the house and just some common ways that Nick uh, walks his clients through this and how they approach this, some of the questions he might ask along the way. Um, let's start off with this scenario, Nick. Uh, you got all your beneficiaries are adults. They're all self-sufficient. They're yeah. all good to go. They don't live at the house. So the house is kind of its own thing, separate from everybody else. What are you, what are you thinking through here? Well, this is obviously the easiest scenario where the house is not attached to or needed by anyone. It's just extra asset or extra money when you pass away. Um, so you don't always want to you know, itemize something here. Sometimes you just include it with the rest of the estate and and whatever the inheritance split looks like. Um, you know, a lot of times you actually may be silent on a specific direction for the house um, to allow them to choose. Maybe someone wants the house as part of their inheritance or they buy it out, or if no one wants it, you can just sell it and kind of add the money to the pot, so to speak. And, you know, if everyone has their own house, you know, they don't usually want your house. Um, So this is usually the easiest one. You can always, I mean, you can give someone specifically the option to purchase it or use money to to buy out everyone else to keep things square. Like you don't want everyone to get a third of everything else and then someone gets a $300,000 house extra. You can gift the house. If you want to do that, if that's a, a possibility, uh, if it's important to you, but obviously you need to be careful uh, whether or not someone gets the house as a bonus or everyone gets the same amount of money, but someone just uses the house as part of it. So a lot of times, if there's not any you know specific emotional attachments or it's the family farm and only one of the kids wants to farm it, a lot of times I don't put specific directions for the house. It's it's usually. If someone wants to buy it, they can. If not, sell it. But you kind of leave it up to them uh, when the time comes. Not always that easy, uh, but sometimes when everyone else, when no one wants the house and you sell it, it's super easy because then you can just give everyone money. Okay, so that's 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 uh, that's level one. That's the easy way. Uh, That's an easy way to go about it. Okay. What about if we have one or maybe more than that adult beneficiaries living at the home? Well, so if someone's, you know, living with you or uh, another situation would be like if you bought another home for your child to live in, um, I always ask, what what's the status quo? What's the current arrangement? Is that person paying rent? 
Are they paying like the property taxes, the maintenance, the utilities, ADT, um, or are they getting a free ride? Um, you know, and if that's the case, you know, we, we need to decide what we do from there. Um, I ask clients, is it important that someone is able to continue to live there when you pass away? You know, is that something really important to you? Uh, what happens if they have to move out when you die? Can they move out? You know, are there going to be any disputes? Um, and then also you look at the amount of the whole estate compared to what the house is worth. So if the house is worth 500000 and all you have is the house and $50,000 in the bank, well, you know, there's obviously not enough for them to get the house, but there's enough money for the other kids to get their piece of it, you know. But if the house is worth 300000 and you have $10 million, well, then everyone's going to have enough money and they can take the house as part of their inheritance. Or, you know, one of the things I talk about, I say there's not going to be enough money here. So the person living there, you know, do they have the income, resources, credit score to either qualify for a mortgage or buy the house out of the estate? Uh, so everything's equal. Um, and then also... Uh, how's upkeep look? You know, is it something where, you know, if we give you the house and the inheritance, so they have the ability to keep the house up? Yeah. Or is it something where, you know, even if you live there and give them a free house, they still can't afford utilities and upkeep for whatever that reason. Maybe it's a disability, you know, maybe they're taking, you know, maybe their spouse is sick or something like that. So you have to be careful with that. And obviously disputes or potential disputes, you need to you need to watch where you step there. But I'll tell you this: the the smaller the portion, as far as the value of the house, if the value of the house is a smaller portion of the estate, there's usually enough money around to square everyone up. If the house is a big asset, then usually you run into trouble because there's not enough money to give everyone else without selling the house and kicking the person out. Okay, so you got to decide how important all of that is to you. And, you know, again, it all comes down to priorities. And if we sell the house, what does it look like? If we keep the house for that person, what does it look like? Okay. So those are some of the more established, I guess, families with some adult children. So let's talk about the scenarios where your beneficiaries are all underage. Yeah. So I, and I have a lot of young families, you know, people like myself uh, with little kids. And then, of course, they say, man, I'd love the kids to be able to stay in the home. Well, sometimes that's a good idea. Sometimes it's a terrible idea. I always say, well, who are the guardians? Um, and the guardians for people who may not be familiar, that's the person or persons who would become substitute parents. So if my wife and I died tomorrow, there are guardians that my kids would go live with. Okay, so who are they? You know, is it a good idea for the kids to move into the house with the guardians? Uh, once in a while, there's a situation where it'd be better for the guardians to move into your house. And, and I don't know, maybe the guardians have an apartment and the kids can't go to their place. They don't have enough room. But if everyone comes to your house, you get a nice big house, um, especially if someone's disabled and maybe the house is kind of retrofitted for, you know, someone who's in a wheelchair or handicap, maybe your house is perfect. Um, in which case, then you need to figure out, can the guardians, uh, would they be willing to move? 
So that's something to keep in mind. Or, you know, what if the Guardians live halfway across the country versus they live right next door? Um, so is it important that the kids stay in your house for some reason, even if it's like an inconvenience for the Guardians because the Guardians would either would have to move in? Um, okay, so, you know, it, not always a good idea to do that. Sometimes it can be a real hassle. Um, and then, of course, the next question, Ben, is there money to pay for this? Um, is there money to make sure that the maintenance, the upkeep, the repairs, et cetera, for the house are there? And is there still enough money left over to make sure the kids are taken care of? Or if we, if all, is all the money tied up in the house and there's nothing to take care of the kids? So you're, you're just kind of, it's a balancing act. You have the benefits of the kids staying in the same house versus selling the house being more convenient for the guardians. And then, of course, Ben, when you sell the house, you have this extra money to help make sure the kids are taken care of. Okay, so it's like a seesaw, kind of like a balancing. Oh, and then age is important too. If you have kids who are 17 and a half, well, this isn't going to be going along for very long. Okay, they're about out of the house anyway. Uh, what if you have a two-year-old? Okay, so now we're talking 16 years minimum of having to figure out and, and support someone and keep this house going. Okay, so the longer that we need to keep the house around before the kids are out of the house, the harder and, and less practical this becomes. Okay. So those are the, I guess, some of the maybe more common scenarios that you might come across. You might fall, fall into one of those categories uh, with your estate. But there's always some special considerations to be made and everything you do, Nick. So what are some of the ones here that, that you're, you, you come across? Well, the hardest one and where we don't always have a good answer, you know, is, is what if someone is living at the house? Um, you know, especially let's say it's an adult they they rely on living there. And if it weren't for you allowing them to live there or having a house that they could live in, they can't take care of themselves or maybe they can't afford a house or they can't get a mortgage or maybe they're disabled. So it's one of those things uh, kind of going back to uh, actually the, uh, the last podcast we did about equal versus unequal inheritances. Are they in big trouble if, uh, if they're not able to keep living in the house where they're living right now? Can they make it on their own? And then obviously, Ben, sometimes there's some like emotional attachment, right? You know, there's family memories. Maybe that's the house you grew up in. Maybe mm -hmm. it's the family farm. Um, vacation homes um, a lot of times will fall into this category. So it's not just an asset. There's also memories and, and that can play into it. Um, if you have little ones, you know, how big of a shock would it be if not only the parents were gone and they had to move in with the guardians, what if it's a different area? What if it's a different school district? What if you're moving away from all the grandparents and nieces and nephews? So, you know, so literally they don't see anyone from their childhood. Okay, that's a much bigger shock to the system than saying my guardians live right down the street. They're in the same school district. So that's something to keep in mind. And then also if we're kicking someone out, which... I like doing that sometimes. Um, I don't always. Uh, I don't always uh, play the softy here. Sometimes <laughs> it's appropriate. But if we're going to have someone move out, 
Um, what's that transition period look like? Because it's probably not a good idea to give them an eviction notice at the funeral. You know, you, you need some time to get ready. You need some time to find a place or get a job or get on your feet or, you know, and heck nowadays it's almost impossible to buy a house. Okay. So even if you're trying hard, I don't think I could find a new place to live next week. So what does that transition look like? I don't know that you need to say you have five years to get out, but you know maybe 90 days, maybe six months, maybe one year uh, to get out. That's probably something more reasonable. So if we are evicting someone, let's be reasonable in, in how that looks. Okay, And everyone's different on what they need and what they don't need. Um, so that's obviously very specific to who it is that we're evicting and, and you know how well they can or can't take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I know it's a tough thing to kind of figure out. It can be complicated in certain situations, but hopefully this kind of gives you a sense of what's discussed when you meet with Nick and his team at the Rosenbauer Law Office when it comes to your house, because it is tough. It's your oftentimes your biggest asset, and you have multiple people that you want to split it between, and you don't know how to get there. But there is a way. There's always a way to come up with a plan, right? There is. It's just... You know, you, you have to look at five or six different factors here, and, and you almost, it sounds weird, Ben, but you almost have to close your eyes and say, okay, when I'm gone, how is this going to play out in real life? Mm-hmm. Um, and then say, okay, now that we know how this is going to play out, we can plan for it, okay? Um, so if we, if we think ahead and we go through all the what-ifs, uh, we can come up uh, with the best option. Great. Well, if you have questions for Nick, if you want to go through and discuss how you can split up your home, best scenario for yourself, you can always log on. CincinnatiEstatePlan.com is the website. There's a big orange button right there on the front. Just click that and it will take you to Nick's schedule. Get a time that works for you and you'll be off and running. You can also call 513-463-6789 if you prefer to do that as well. Well, thanks for being a part of this episode of Complete Estate Planning for Nick Rosenbauer over at the Rosenbauer Law Office in Westchester, Ohio. I am Ben George. Take care. The Complete Estate Planning Podcast is brought to you by the Rosenbauer Law Office, based in Westchester, Ohio, and serving the entire Cincinnati area. The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to the show on your favorite app today and never miss an episode. Just search for Complete Estate Planning with Nick Rosenbauer to find us or visit CincinnatiEstatePlan.com to listen to past episodes, to contact Nick, and to learn more about protecting your family legacy. That's CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. This show is for informational purposes only and does not provide any legal advice. Information on this show may not constitute the most up-to-date legal information. Please do not act or refrain from acting based solely on anything you hear on this show. This show does not form any attorney-client relationship with the Rosenbauer Law Office, LLC. Please seek the counsel of a qualified attorney before addressing your own estate planning needs.